Kansas Memory, the Kansas State Historical Society Library and Archives podcast, featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in our collection. Diaries can provide some of the most descriptive, but also emotionally intimate accounts of an individual's life. They also include mundane descriptions of weather, illness, and daily chores. However, they can also reference larger historical events. This podcast will feature the diary of Chestina Bowker Allen. December 6, 1854. As we were preparing to leave to go to our own house, Mr. Knapp's family arrived. He had no kind of shelter for them, so they occupied part of our one room. I had our small tent moved into one corner for a bathroom. House not all chinked, no door, no window, no floor. Some of our bedclothes were left at Mr. Eubanks and some with William on the flatboat. Mr. Knapp had wife and seven children and little bedding. Their baggage had not all come. We lost one trunk. Mr. K had a stove. Ours was on the way. Cold and windy. We slept. Mr. A and Charles applied themselves to keeping out the wind and on the 9th hung the door. Having worked himself about sick and had a catech or felon coming on the inside of right hand. 11th. Mr. A went to Mr. Dyer's to have his very bad hand opened and to find William. 13th. Met William just below the Catholic mission. Had left the goods at Lawrence. The boat could get no further. It was 16 days getting there. This was Justina Bowker Allen's description of moving into her first home in Kansas Territory. She and her family came to Kansas with the third party organized by the New England Immigrant Aid Company. Justina Allen was a native of New Hampshire, as was her husband, Asahel. Justina was born in 1808, so she was 46 years old when the family started for Kansas. Her husband was 50. They were accompanied by their five children, William, Charles, Henrietta, John, and Abby. William was the oldest at age 19, and the youngest was Abby, who was seven years old. Two other children had died before the move to Kansas. Mr. Allen held numerous jobs and even participated in the California Gold Rush. They also seemed to move frequently before coming to Kansas. In her diary, Chestina always refers to her husband as Mr. A or Mr. Allen. Chestina does not record their purpose in coming to Kansas in her diary, but in her autobiographical sketch, she wrote, they decided to move west because Kansas demanded help to keep slavery out and offered her rich and beautiful land to settlers at $1.25 per acre. They left Roxbury, Massachusetts in October 1854 and chose Pottawatomie County for their new home. Chestina's diary entries for March 1855 indicate that they are working on another house, but the short entries cover a range of topics. March 1st. Mr. A raised his log house of two rooms. Mr. Brayton is here sick. 4th. Reverend Blood preached at the Esquire's subject, sympathy. Good discourse. 7th and 8th. Sew on Miss Lydia Dyer's dress and receive a letter from J. Stone of Boston by the hand of S. Pomeroy. I showed Mr. P. the first butter I had made in Kansas, having been without all winter. 12th. William went to Mr. Hall's for flour and sugar. Gets them. Both articles are very scarce. 14th. Cold and snows. 
Callers. 15th. Mr. Brayton called. The snow falls upon my book while I write by the stove. 16th. Storms. 17th. Snow fell three inches deep. Is quite cold. 18th. Cold and clear. No meeting. More boils on my neck. Electioneering takes precedence of preaching. A caucus meeting is to be held at Mr. Childs to nominate one councilman and two representatives for the territory to be elected by this district. The family are all convened around the stove. We are baking boiled corn and pork to take the place usually assigned to pork and beans. There is quite a difference in the relish. 19th. Piercing cold through the day and very uncomfortable. Booth Fox with his slave woman passed by today. The poor creature had no covering for her head, but picked up a cast-off cap while in the neighborhood and went off running after her master and his ox team. 20th. Dr. Whitehorn was called and lanced my much-afflicted neck. Think his lance is not very sharp. 21st. Wash a little. Feel weak and spiritless. 22nd. A little more washing. At night, Mr. Morgan and son from Brooks, Maine desired supper, lodging, and breakfast, and two more to cook their own food and lodge in our little hut, to which I assented. Morgan wished to sell a bag of flour, as the scarcity of timber and the expense of moving conspired to make him conclude that he had better return to Maine and be content with his already good home. By us, this flour is considered a godsend, for we were out and could buy none in Juniata. We lacked a dollar to make enough to pay for a bag of flour, and the price of their entertainment just made it. These diary entries give hints of how they dealt with the harsh weather, problems in obtaining food, health problems, and other daily activities. Chestina also reports on some of the territorial issues and the fact that they saw a slave because slavery was legal during the time federal laws applied in Kansas territory. She used the term Esquire to refer to their neighbor, Mr. Dyer, we assume it is a New England tradition used to refer to the largest landowner in the neighborhood. Juniata was a small town in Pottawatomie County that only had a post office in 1855 and 1856. Chestina describes their first Fourth of July in Kansas Territory, but most of the following entries deal with the cholera epidemic at Fort Riley. Cholera was a common and often deadly disease during this era before modern medicine. Its symptoms included diarrhea, vomiting, dehydration, and cramps. People who caught cholera rarely recovered. July 4th. Independence Day passed away quietly. A picnic at Manhattan and a dinner at Mrs. Dyer's, to which we were all invited. Three more soldiers died in this vicinity of cholera. One of our settlers, Mr. Fraser, died of the same while traveling at Grasshopper Falls and left a wife and children. Mr. A had 10 acres of corn in and fenced. The Esquire's cattle tore down and leaped over until they destroyed the whole of it. This seems hard, for Mr. A has done his best. July 24th. Mr. Allen, William, and Charles have gone to Fort Riley to work for U.S. Mr. Tilton is here sick of typhoid fever. It's quite low. 25th. Received a letter from husband saying he and the boys were at work at the sawmill for $1.25 per day and rations. 30th. Dr. Jacobs called to see Tilton this morn and called him better. Four travelers stayed overnight. 
August 5th. Before daylight, Mr. A, William, and Charles arrived home from the fort. The cholera was raging there alarmingly. They walked and very much tired out. William was sick when he started and was nearly exhausted. I gave him medicine and all retired. Was sick through the day. Better at night. Sixth. Dr. Jacob came. A dangerous case of cholera. He was very sick through the day. About 4 p.m., Charles got painkiller at Dr. Hunting's, and William began to be better to our great joy and relief. To make William think he was better, let Henrietta go with a party and gather wild grapes. Eighth, Tilton leaves for a buffalo hunt. Ninth, I watched with Mrs. Wilson at Fort Riley, now at Esquire Dyer's. Twelfth, watch with the settler's wife again. Much thunder and lightning with copious showers is our daily lot. Mr. Weeks died at the fort today. There has lately been near 40 deaths by cholera there. After keeping this diary from the time her family left Massachusetts until March of 1858, Chestina decided to conclude her journaling. At a later date, she added these updates at the end of her diary. In closing the journal extending over three years of Kansas life, we will add a few items. We built a stone room by the log one and lived on encountering sickness, losses, calumny, and prosperity. When the war came, William and Charles joined the 2nd Regiment Kansas Volunteers, Company B, served until the regiment was disbanded. John served three years in the 11th Regiment, Company G. Each met with thrilling adventures and returned wise. William spent six years and Charles too in Colorado, then built us a stone house. Three weeks after we occupied it, our dearly beloved Henrietta died, November 17, 1870. Last summer, Mr. Allen gradually failed, was in Dr. Robertson's care a month, and died of old age, October 4, 1879. The writer still occupies the place, boarding with her ever-faithful daughter, Abby, now Mrs. Garrett, surrounded by five grandchildren, three of them Charles's and motherless, the other two Mrs. Garrett's. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society Library and Archives podcast. The documents used in this podcast are part of Territorial Kansas Online, a virtual repository of primary sources from the Bleeding Kansas era. The URL for the website is www.territorialkansasonline.org. Thank you.